Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of the Never Split Up podcast. Happy holidays. We're past Christmas now. It's coming up to the new year, 2023. How are you doing today, Anthony? I'm good. Uh, I'm still full from my Christmas dinner yesterday. Yeah, it was a great Christmas weekend. I had a good time. But now, the most anticipated episode for me, this is going to be our year-end review uh, celebration for 2022. We're going to talk about our favorite movies of the year. And uh, not just horror movies, we're, we're going to talk about just in general, our favorite movies. So we're going to do our top 10 list, we're going to have some honorable mentions. And this is kind of a way to get you guys more familiar with us, you know, uh, find out what we like just in general from our movies, not just horror, gives you more of a well rounded scope of what we like. And I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm super excited. You can attest to this that every year, I always take notes throughout the year of what my favorite movies are, and then I always release my list at the end of every year. So now it's pretty awesome. I get to actually discuss it with somebody. Everyone good loves a good list. I love looking at everyone's uh, on social media and YouTube. I love watching year end lists and try to compare my list to everyone else's list. So this is gonna be a fun episode. Anyone who's listening, uh, definitely reach out to us, comment your lists and what you agree with, disagree with. This is going to be a ton of fun. We're just going to go back and forth with our picks. We're going to talk about the picks and, uh, there's probably we don't so we don't know each other's lists ahead of time. We we made a very Anthony made it very clear to me that he doesn't want any spoilers. So this is all kind of us reacting to each other's lists in real time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So first and foremost, we have the results from our never split up poll. This would be from episode six, Black Christmas, correct? Yes, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Uh, I thought we both had some all time never split up moments in that poll, but uh, Anthony sure squeaked by. Anthony squeaked by definitely. Uh, he won. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give him the choice to uh, go first or second with his top ten list. So we're we're gonna alternate. We're both gonna you know say our number ten, but I'm gonna defer to him. And if he wants me to go first, he can, uh, he can do that. Or if he wants to go first, that, that'll be his, I guess, advantage in this episode. So thanks everyone to, for voting. Definitely keep voting in those polls. We definitely want to hear from you guys. You know, we love the interaction. And uh, I believe you have a couple disclaimers for us, Anthony. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, guys, for voting for me to win. And uh, I also just want to say, make sure that you vote for our Krampus one, because that was a pretty cool one. We did something a little different and you guys get to choose what interpretation of the ending you agree with more. So make sure you vote. Uh, that poll's still on Twitter, and it'll be available on Instagram and Facebook uh, towards the middle of the week. So definitely vote for that. Yeah, just real quick, uh, the the poll for Krampus on Spotify, I believe, has ended already. But we're I'm going to extend that poll for you guys. I should be able to extend it. So it's still active on Twitter. But if you listen on Spotify, I'm going to extend that poll because we want to get as most votes as possible for these polls. So that's going to be for next week's episode, which is going to be the first episode of the new year. So definitely vote on that. Cool. Yeah, so as far as disclaimers go for these lists, we know you guys are all aware, but I just want to make it known that these are our opinions and uh, film is subjective. So be respectful in the comments. We want to hear what you think of our list, but we know that a lot of people have very strong opinions on a lot of movies. So be respectful in the comments. And these aren't, we're not saying these are the best movies of the year. These are our personal favorites of the year. So just want to make sure everyone remembers that. Uh, and second of all, uh, we're busy people and we weren't able to see every single movie that was released in 2022, obviously. So I just want to quickly mention, I missed out on 
Steven Spielberg's new movie, The Fablemans. I didn't get to see Babylon yet. That just came out. And I didn't see Tar. I really wanted to see that with Kate Blanchett. So there's a few, and there's probably many more that I didn't get to see. So just so you know, we obviously had a few we weren't able to get around to seeing uh, before we did this list. I know, Nolan, you said you were trying to catch up as much as you could. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit, I, I kind of slacked a little bit this year. That's part of the reason why I was looking forward to starting this podcast with you, Anthony. Um, it gave me a, more of a reason to get back into watching uh, all these movies, these great movies that came out. So I've been kind of doing a little catch up this last week or so to watch you know, some of the bigger titles and titles that I know were getting praised throughout the year. And a few of them made my list, actually. So I'm glad I, uh, I watched them. So if a couple didn't, you know. Oh, cool. All right, so let's get into this uh, list. I was thinking maybe before we got started, uh, we got we get the negative out of the way. Maybe mention a couple of disappointments of the year that we had. What do you think? Yeah, that's that sounds good. Uh, yeah, we can do like uh, a movie that we thought was overhyped or was disappointing or maybe overrated. Right. Just so okay, cool. in case someone is listening, is like, wait, how do they not have that on the list? We can just kind of get the this out of the way. So yeah, why don't Perfect. you why don't you tell me what yours are? Okay, so I have two quick disappointments. One's like a tentpole movie and one's more of like an awards-friendly season movie. So I'm going to do the awards one first. I just actually saw this movie last week, The Whale, with Brendan Fraser, his big uh, comeback movie. And I thought he was fantastic, but the movie on a whole was just fine for me. It's adapted from a play and it literally felt like I was watching a play instead of a movie. And uh, like I said, the performances were great, but the movie just, it didn't do it for me. The story was a little lackluster. It just felt like I was watching a play on a stage and movie form. So he was great. I hope he wins the awards, but that movie was definitely uh, overrated in that sense. It was, it's getting a lot of awards hype. So I don't know if it deserved all that. So it was fine. It was just fine. And especially with Darren Aronofsky, I love some of his movies. So it's kind of bummed about that. I'm assuming you didn't see that one. No, I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I've heard similar uh, reviews, though. Yeah. And then my big tentpole movie that was uh, a huge disappointment for me was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, okay. I just think that Elizabeth Olsen carried that entire movie, and she was the only good part about it. And when they eventually finally let Sam Raimi do Sam Raimi in the third act, I was like, wow, this is what I wanted the whole movie. But I thought the beginning was pretty horrible <laughs> and i thought that uh <laughs> it's called multiverse of madness but we don't even get too many multiverse craziness it's just we only get a few cameos and we get i don't need a bunch of cameos in my movies but i feel like we didn't take advantage of the multiverse in that movie so i was that one was not for me okay yeah that's fine i, I thought i thought dr strange was fine I, I i guess i didn't really have that crazy expectations um so that's why that that's not going to be like a disappointment for me. It's definitely not going to be on my list either. But it was okay. just kind of somewhat forgettable as well to me. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I just know a what you're saying. And you know what? I had expectations because it was Sam Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you can tell Marvel like kind of coached him and what to do in that movie. He he didn't get to really let loose as much as I wanted him to. But it was fine. Yeah, and it almost felt like because you did get a lot of his techniques towards the end of the film so it's right. almost like everything that is in the film that is sam raimi you got the sense that he really had to fight hard to get that in exactly. there so he's lucky to even get that in there so it's kind I of almost feel like yeah i almost feel like they locked him in a jail so like you need to do this 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 
but we'll give you like 10 minutes of Sam Raimi in the whole movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why hire him if you're not going to use him? But yeah, those are my two uh, bummers of the year. Okay. I, I just have one and it's a big one. Okay. It's a doozy. Uh-oh. So I oh, just no. <laughs> watched this movie a couple days ago in preparation for this episode because I thought it was going to make my list just because I've been hearing about it most of the year. Everyone's been raving about it. And uh, yeah, um, mine is everything, everywhere, all at once. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it wasn't terrible, but just very, very lackluster. I will say the third act and the ending was a very good payoff. That was my favorite part of the movie. It, it definitely got more emotional that I I was connected a little bit more than I thought I would be to the characters by the end, but that's partly because the movie was so long, so it's hard not to get, you know, a little bit invested. But overall, I, I thought it was it was okay. Like, you know, the performances were okay. The writing was pretty decent and the the concept was decent. Uh, everything was just okay to me. I, you know, it was very corny. It was it was very uh, some of the scenes. I'm like, is this? Am I really watching this? So I, I feel like the humor fell flat a little bit for me, and that might be a main reason why I didn't like it because it does rely on that corniness and cheesiness of the fight scenes and stuff. So yeah, that that's okay. going to be my disappointment of the year. Wow. I was really looking forward to this movie all year because it came out, I believe, in the beginning of the year, like almost a year ago. And uh, yeah, I think it came out like towards like the spring summer. But yeah. I don't agree with that, but I agree that it's, I understand why it's not for everybody. It's definitely a niche movie. It's pretty wacky stuff, so it's not going to be for everybody, but it is getting a lot of a hype. You're right. Yeah. Leading up to awards. Yeah, I I thought for sure it was going to, based on the hype from very, you know, people I follow on Twitter and people that I respect, and I usually have the same opinions overall, uh, I thought it was going to make my list, and that's why I rushed to go see it before this episode, but I really just, you know, it just kind of fell flat for me, so. All right, well, now that we got the negative out of the way and the disclaimers, again, yes. we haven't seen every single movie of the year, so if there's something not on our list, um, it's not necessarily because we didn't like it. We might just not have seen it, so if you want to leave a comment and, and say, hey, what about this movie, you know, we might answer and say, yeah, I didn't get around to it, and don't hate us for it. You know, we, we are right, big yeah. movie lovers, we're movie buffs, but we're busy people. We, we have jobs, you know, other than this podcast. <laughs> You know, we don't sit around all day I, as much as I wish I could <laughs> just, you know, get paid to watch movies. That's not my job. And I know that's not your job. Ant, so. And even if we were paid to just watch movies, there still isn't enough time. If that was our only job to watch every movie that came out, you know, this year. So, um, yeah, definitely give us your list, especially if um, any of your picks aren't on our list, because I always am down for a good recommendation. So let's want to start with our honorable mentions. Yeah, I, you probably have a bit more than I do. So why don't you start? Yeah, so. I'm going to go first because it's so hard for me to not (laughs) include so many movies. So I have quite a big list of honorable mentions. I can't help it. Movies are super important to me and I don't want to leave anything out that I enjoyed. Uh, So I'm going to get started. And I don't know if you saw this one. I really liked Bullet Train. It felt like a throwback 90s R-rated action bloody movie with huge stars. And uh, it was just a blast. It was a fun, good popcorn summer movie. Did you see that one? Really? I haven't seen it yet, uh, but that okay. gets me intrigued. You're, you're saying it's kind of like a 90s style, you know, action It's movie? a throwback. Really? Yeah, it's a movie that you wouldn't expect to get like, okay. a huge budget. I wouldn't expect today. that from a, it seemed like a bigger budget Netflix movie with Brad Pitt and, you know, it, it's a Netflix movie, right? 
No, it was released. I saw in theaters. Oh. It's a Sony movie. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't even know it was in theaters, but I, yeah. I remember seeing the trailers and I didn't get that vibe. So now I'm actually more excited to see it now. It is on Netflix, right? Yeah, I think Sony has a deal with Netflix okay. where it goes okay. to them. Maybe like, that's yeah, where I got confused. But okay. So yeah. I'll put that, yeah, check that one out. And then ironically, my second honorable mention is everything, everywhere, all at once. So just <laughs> okay. so here's an example of right. film is subjective, yep. very subjective. So this one, it worked for me. I love this movie. I don't, it's not one of my, it's not on my top 10 because I do agree that I think it goes a little too far wacky for me in certain points. But I think what they did with, I think it had like a 20, $25 million budget is pretty insane what they did with this movie. And the emotional impact of the ending, like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm crying over two rocks on the edge of, edge of a cliff in this movie. Like what, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but I thought the performances were great. You know, I always love when I get to see Jamie Lee Curtis in a movie. And I think um, Michelle Yeoh, I think her name is, I think she's the front runner to win a Best Actress Award. So yeah, this movie just, it really, uh, it hit me emotionally. I thought the message of the movie, you know, appreciate what you have in your family. Um, it's a good, it's a good message and a good movie. I thought the Dark Horse performance was the guy who played Waymond, you know, the little kid from Goonies and Indiana Jones. Yeah, What's well, his he's, name? he's gonna, I forget his name, but he's up for supporting actor. Oh, he he's is. pretty much winning. He's winning every award. Oh, so he he'll, is. He'll okay. win that award. Well, at that, I think him and Jamie Lee Curtis were like the two standouts for me. I yeah. mean, you know, the main, uh, the main actress, she was good, but she was in the main role. So it kind of right. was tailored for her, but he really, yeah me a lot and she's actually getting a uh, jamie lee Curtis is getting a lot of love for her uh role uh role in that so you I can just tell she had so much fun yeah doing that role and if you actually watch the behind the scenes it's so cool like with the action scenes like when she's fighting uh the main character how they filmed it it's pretty cool stuff hmm. so i just appreciate when a studio takes a swing and releases a movie like this in the theaters knowing it's very niche so that's why that's on my honorable mentions and my next one is actually one of the movies we covered it's the black phone like I said, we did a review on this. It's a very good movie. Played a little safe for me, but I mean, it does everything a crowd pleaser horror movie should do. So check that one out, guys. Make sure you watch that episode that we talked about that. We went in depth. So yeah, good movie. And then I have Studio 666, which is the Foo Fighters horror movie. That was a cheesy, bloody B-movie blast. I don't know if you, you should definitely watch it. It's like gored to the walls and it's just a fun time. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet now with the whole Taylor Hawkins situation, but that movie has some gnarly death scenes. And if you like B-movie, stupid horror, watch that one. Um, I also have The Batman on my honorable mentions. It was hard to keep that one off my main list, but I wanted to give some variety on my main list. So this one, like I said again, the fact that Warner Brothers had the balls to release like a three-hour Batman drama, pretty much. Is pretty wild. It's like a Detective 7 movie. So I love this movie. And I thought Robert Pattinson might be, he might be my favorite Batman. I know that's a big swing to say, but I really like that movie. Did you see the Batman? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, okay. I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it twice in theaters, actually. But yeah, I would, not to play my cards about how I feel about the Batman, because it's definitely somewhere in this episode for me as well. But uh, oh, cool. Robert Pattinson really did an amazing job I, i've liked robert pattinson for a little while now but he really made it his own uh, he might be my favorite batman to date too i'm really excited to see what they do with his character and with those movies okay cool now my next one is going to be controversial because a lot of people hated this but i don't get it it was a fun slasher movie and i had a blast with texas chainsaw massacre i don't care oh, what anybody wow. says this movie was that so is, much fun that is controversial wow it is 
<laughs> the only like Texas Chainsaw movie with an actual massacre. I mean, that bus sequence was fucking awesome. Okay. I think people's issues with it is that it tries to be campy and serious in the same movie. And that worked for me. But like when you go back to like the 2003 remake, that's hardcore, like serious. And even the original is just like a grimy, sleazy movie. But this one tried to be like the campiness of the later sequels mixed with those movies. And I don't think that worked for a lot of people. But yeah, it didn't work for me. I'll tell you that. This movie's didn't like it. Fucking awesome to me. (laughs) I like this movie. (laughs) Um, I have a couple more just honorable mentions. Deadstream. It's a little, little, little found footage movie that you can find on Shudder. Uh, shout out to Shudder if you guys don't have it and you love horror, which I'm assuming you do if you're listening to us. It's a found footage horror movie. And it's The best way I can describe it is a mix between Evil Dead and Blair Witch Project. Um, it's super fun, spooky, good movie for the Halloween season. Uh, check that out. And then my next one also was on our, we covered this movie, is Barbarian. Mainly because... The first act of that movie, to me, is a masterpiece, like we said. What a wacky movie. And like I said, this, I'm also thankful that this was released in theaters. I know we talked about it already, so make sure you guys check out that episode. Yeah, Barbarian. I had issues with it, but it's a fun movie. And uh, my last big honorable mention is Violent Night, which just came out a few weeks ago, beginning of December. David Harbour playing a Santa who pretty much it's a little bit of horror mixed with Die Hard. <laughs> this movie... The kills and the blood in this movie, I was not expecting that. It's going to be a Christmas annual watch for me um, from now on. So I don't, you, I don't think you saw That's it. That's awesome. I haven't that. gotten around to seeing it. Me and my fiance, Jackie, we've been so busy uh, this past few weeks. So we haven't been able to get to the theater. But I know it's streaming now, right? It just started streaming. Yeah, they released it for the Christmas uh, holiday. All right. So streaming. if we can't so make it, it to out. the theater, I'm definitely going to check that out soon before we get out of the season. Okay, so now those are my honorable mentions, but I also, I have to go a little bit further. These next few are movies that could really be in my top 10, but for the sake of my list and having variety, I kept these off. So I'm just going to run through a few of these real quick. So this is surprising that it's not in my top 10, but I have X and Pearl just missed it because I feel like if I included one, I would have to include the other and I didn't want to take up two spots. So if nobody knows, X came out this year. And it's like a dirty, sleazy tribute to like the grindhouse and slasher movies of the 70s and 80s. And it has like a pretty uh, like depressing commentary on aging as well. I thought that was a clever spin on it. And uh, it's a Ty West movie. I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of his movies in the future. He's a great horror director. Uh, you have Mia Goth. You have the new Scream Queen, Jenna Ortega. You have Britney Snow in a role like you've never seen her in before. So I really had a good time with that movie. I thought it was great. And then Pearl is the prequel to X, which also came out this year, which I thought was an awesome release strategy. And that stars Mia Goth. She's playing Pearl. And she, uh, if the Academy wasn't like, didn't hate horror movies, uh, she would should be nominated for Best Actress. She was awesome in that movie. And it's so different from X. It's like very colorful and vibrant. And it's just a great character study. And she has a monologue at the end of this movie that, whoa, that knocked my socks off. And then if you've seen the movie, The Credits... <laughs> It's my favorite credits of the year. She's just staring at the screen and like giving a creepy ass smile. So yeah, those two were very hard to keep off. And then I have a, I don't know if you knew this about me. My favorite genre besides horror is coming of age movies. Um, They just hit a sweet spot for me. So I have Dinner in America. It's a little, little, little tiny indie movie. I think you can watch it on Hulu. It stars Kyle Gallner, who is a horror king. He's in a bunch of horror movies. Um, He's a punk rock singer and he's pretty much just looking for an escape and he crosses paths with this young woman patty 
who's obsessed with the bands he, he's in, but he wears a ski mask when he performs, so she doesn't know that he's the lead singer of the band. So it's a nice, quirky, fun, uh, little comedy coming-of-age movie that I really enjoyed. Um, I would definitely recommend checking that out. And then I have another Shudder movie, Resurrection, which is a very, very, very dark, dark, dark <laughs> psychological horror movie that is just keeps the dread building throughout. And it stars Rebecca Hall, who's been picking some great horror movies lately between this, The Gift, and uh, what else? She was in The Night House, which I love too. Um, it's pretty much just about the long-term effects of abuse and trauma, and she really gives a great performance. So check that one out. And then I have two more. I have Ambulance. I don't know if you saw Ambulance. It's a Michael Bay movie. This was so hard to keep off my list, but I try to have only a couple action movies on my list. He made this movie... I think for $40 million, but he made it look like a $100 million movie. It's like a top-tier Bay Adrenaline rush for me. And uh, if you know me, you know I love Jake Gyllenhaal. And he gives like a hilarious and chaotic, insane, off-the-rails performance in this movie. And it's just an action-packed, emotional, it's a tribute to first responders and the bond of brothers. And I don't know, it really worked for me. Then my last movie is the movie Fall. It's a survivor thriller that did come out in theaters, but Lionsgate, like, does not market their movies, so I don't know if anyone knows about this movie. It's about these two adrenaline junkies who, um, one of them loses somebody and they decide to climb this huge, huge tower. And when I tell you my, like, palms were sweating in the theater, this movie is an anxiety-filled movie throughout the entire runtime. It stars Grace Caroline and Virginia Gardner. Virginia Gardner was in the Halloween reboot in 2018, but, yeah, this movie is the most anxiety-filled I felt the entire year. Yeah, I will not be watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, I showed it to my parents, and my mom was like, "We need to turn this movie off. I cannot." I will not watch be. This. I've I have a pretty big fear of heights. And I will. <laughs> so yeah, start it's like sweating. it's literally it's called Fall, but it should be called Panic Attack the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one thing about me, I you know you know me, I love horror. I love being scared, yeah. getting creeped out. But my two phobias are fear of heights, and I have grown into a pretty big claustrophobic. So oh. And movies like The Descent and everything, just I literally start shaking and I can't, I need to get up. I, I can't sit there and watch. But you remember, uh, what was it? Uh, As Above, So Below. I watched yes, that I movie do. again last year. And even that scene, which was like not as intense as some other claustrophobic scenes, even that scene gets me like, oh, so. So you're saying I have to have you over to watch Fall so I can see uh, how you react oh, to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I would watch it with, I guess, with someone else. But by myself, I have no reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah so those last few movies starting with x and ending with fall those were like so close to making my top 10 i really really love those movies and the honorable mentions i just thought were really good movies so um all right great. Yeah, those last few i really really like make sure you guys check those out they mean a lot to me so those are my honorable mentions and the few that just missed my top 10 so let me hear a couple of years yeah so speaking of x that's also going to make my honorable mentions so uh just the disclaimer i haven't seen pearl yet uh, X is one of those okay. movies that I had to catch up and watch over this past week. And um, I didn't see Pearl. I plan on seeing it. X was, uh, again, just a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, the best kill was the crocodile kill, the alligator <laughs> kill. That was that was the best. Uh, if it didn't have that kill, it probably wouldn't even make my honorable mentions. Okay. But that kill was like, okay, I got to put this movie so fun. I got to put it on. <laughs> I thought it's really interesting, too. I haven't seen Pearl yet, but uh, Mia Goth stars in X as Maxine and the old woman. They put her in makeup as the old woman Pearl, like the old version. And now she's playing Pearl in the original, or I'm sorry, in the prequel. And now they're doing a third movie, a sequel, where she plays Maxine again. So she's really going to be 
all over this trilogy, which is cool. I, she did a good job in X. I'm excited to see Pearl, but I got a, a sense, and I'm glad you put them together in your mentions. I got a sense that it was going to be a lot of the same quality of movie. Does that make sense? So I, I hesitated on Pearl because I wanted to watch a couple other movies that I thought maybe had more potential. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. And the reason why I only included them in my honorable mentions because they really they're great companion pieces together. So I would have felt wrong putting one on my top ten and not the other. Yeah, I get that. Um, so moving along, my next honorable mention will also I'm going to do another duplicate from you would be Barbarian. So another episode, and I believe. On our episode, our scores were very close as well, so it makes sense that they're both on our honorable mentions. I, I, I gave it a 6.5, and you gave it a 7, so you liked it a little bit more. So yeah, uh, again, the first act, if it wasn't for that first act, it probably would be a little bit lower, but I have to just mention how amazing that first act was again. It, it was just so good. And, you know, the, the second and third act, they swung for the fences. They just fell a little short. Like, you know, you can please uh, listen to our episode on Barbarian if you haven't already. We really do a deep dive on that. And we both overall liked the movie. We both liked the movie a lot. And we, we appreciated what they did with it and um, that the movie exists. But just not quite cracking our top tens. So my next honorable mention is going to be Jurassic World Dominion. And wow. I am, yeah, I'm a sucker for all things Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I, I thought there were some issues with the movie. I love seeing all the old characters come back. The third act of that movie where they all finally get together. I thought that was one of my biggest gripes with the movie is they didn't get together sooner in the movie. In the first or second act, they were kind of split the whole movie. And there wasn't a ton of dinosaurs. That's I know that's the biggest critique of the movie that I've heard. Um, but that third act, when the dinosaurs do come into play and they all are together, I just had a smile on my face from ear to ear. It was so fun. Yeah, I thought that movie was overhated. I thought it was a good time. I mean, it was probably my least favorite of the trilogy, but I still think it's a good... I mean, it's a Jurassic Park movie with dinosaurs. I mean, I'm going to like it. And uh, yeah, I think they needed... I think they could have taken advantage of the plot more, like that scenario with dinosaurs out in the wild, but I still thought it was a fine trilogy capper. Yeah, me too. You have the main cast back. I mean, how can you... Not? I get chills even thinking about their scenes together. Yeah, me too. So my final honorable mention, I just have four. It's going to be a doozy for Anthony, so I saved it for last. It's going to be Scream 5 under honorable mentions for me. Honorable mention? Yeah, yeah, honorable <laughs> mention. I, I am a, I, I like the Scream franchise a lot. We will, we will find out that Anthony likes it a bit more than me and most people. <laughs> it's his, Just uh, a little bit. It's, it's one of, I know it's at least one of your favorite franchise, horror franchises, or is it your favorite? I don't know if you want to spill the beans it, on that. We're going to, I cannot wait to, we talk about the Scream franchise, but Scream is my favorite franchise of all time. Okay. Not just my favorite horror franchise. It's my franchise. Yeah. So that's, that's his thing. It's not necessarily my thing in the same sense, but I do like the movies and I thought it was a fine installment. I, I would put it We're we're definitely going to rank all these movies in the future and give them good reviews, but just a slight spoiler, I would put it like somewhere in the middle of the pack in, in terms of um, Scream movies. So it was, okay. it was a fine installment and Jenna Ortega, uh, she's awesome. She's such a great up and coming Scream queen. I mean, you know her from Wednesday is the most recent. I mean, it's the biggest Netflix show she's ever. She's an ex. Yep, she was an ex. Uh, she's great. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, again, okay. I really haven't seen a ton of movies this year, so that's why mine is a little bit shorter probably. 
I know there's a few on your honorable mention list that I haven't seen yet, so I'm definitely going to check them out. And I'm sure there's going to be a few on your top 10 as well that I haven't seen because, again, I've kind of been uh, – it's been a busy year for me. So, Yeah, I think you'd have a really great time with Ambulance, uh, the Michael Bay movie. Yeah, definitely noted. So why don't we get into our list since you won the Never Split Up Moment poll for Black Christmas. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pick if you want to go first or second. Okay, I'm gonna, the only reason I'm going to have you go first is because I have a feeling when we get to my number one, we're both going to have a lot to say about it and like vibe off each other a little bit. So I think it's that'll be a good place to end. So I'm going to have you shoot with your number 10 first. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, this is our top 10 movies of 2022. This is overall movies, not just horror. And also at the end of the episode, we have a little surprise for you too after our top 10. We're going we're gonna to get into that, but we'll save that for the end. So at number 10 for Nolan, my number 10 movie of 2022 is going to be The Black Phone. Oh, a major top 10. It made my top 10. And I know uh, when we reviewed The Black Phone, we had the same exact score. So we had we both had a, added a seven. So it just squeaked in. And it maybe that's because I haven't seen quite as many movies as you because we did have the same score, but it just squeaked in at number 10. Uh, it's just, again... I hate to just like reiterate what we said because we did cover this already and definitely go listen to that episode. I think it's one of our better episodes, but um, it plays it safe. We we, we kind of covered it. Uh, Ethan Hawke is incredible, but I wanted more Ethan Hawke. I wanted more kids in distress. Same with you. There was a couple nitpicky things about the plot. You didn't like the ending as much as me, but I understand why you didn't. It, it, it's not a huge climax in terms of the face-off between the, the main protagonist and antagonist. And, but overall, uh, very well done movie. If you're kind of newer to horror, definitely check it out. It's, it's definitely a great watch for anyone. It's, it's creepy, and the, the villain is creepy, and the mask is iconic. It's going to be an instant, you know, uh, Tom Savini uh, helped make the mask, and he's a legend in horror. But it's just not, like, super, super scary or creepy. So if you're newer to horror or don't really vibe with the the super dark stuff you can still watch this movie and yeah that's that's number 10 okay cool yeah like i said that's a good movie i like that movie a lot my issues with it is that i wanted it to go darker and i want more ethan hawk but yeah very well made movie so that's a good choice everyone check that movie out okay so my number 10 i'm gonna start i mean you can attest to this when a movie comes out and if it's released in theaters I try my best to make sure I'm at the theater to see this movie. And this filmmaker makes movies that are required viewing in theaters for at least your first time watch. So my number 10 is Avatar The Way of Water. This movie, this is how you do a blockbuster sequel. It's emotional, it's grand, it's epic. That third act, it's nonstop action, it's crazy. I love the themes of environmentalism and how to respect your animals and living creatures. Uh, there's one scene in this movie that's so heartbreaking that I actually had to look away from the screen. Um, if you're an animal lover, you know, just a little cautious warning there. But uh, I would take five Avatar sequels over an MCU movie any day. This is a great, great, great theatrical experience. Um, if you're going to see it, make sure you go see an IMAX. Try to see it in 3D. I'm not a huge 3D guy, but I saw an IMAX 3D, and I felt like I was there on Pandora. So this is fantastic. Uh, big huge big budget blockbuster movie definitely go see it that's great to hear i actually haven't checked it out yet again because i've been so busy and i want to see it in imax 
Luckily, we have an IMAX theater relatively close to us. But that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to this movie because I was, uh, I know the first one gets kind of picked on, especially as it ages over time. But I'll never forget going to see that movie in the theater and the feeling I had after seeing the original Avatar walking out of the theater, like being so depressed because I wish I was on Pandora and I wish I was an Avatar. Like that was so cool. And I didn't even see that in IMAX the first time around. I saw it on a regular movie theater screen. I don't think I did either. But yeah, yeah, these movies, I mean, this movie, it's a visual masterpiece. But I think people's complaints about the first movie are addressed like story-wise. I do think it has a good story as well. That's what I've been hearing all along about this new one. So I'm really excited. So make sure you guys go see it and make sure you see, you know, within the next few weeks before, you know, it starts leaving the IMAX theaters because, wow, it's an experience. So that's my big blockbuster of the list so i wanted to make sure i got one in there yeah i love that movie so much i actually want to go see it again maybe i'll go see it with you when you go see it it's great okay great so that brings me to my number nine pick it's going to be another movie that we've covered already getting those out of the way it's uh number nine is going to be smile all right and, uh, yeah all right uh we we covered this this is our first ever our first ever episode on the podcast anthony you liked it a bit more than i did uh you gave it a, a higher score i gave it a 7.4 so uh, it's it's but it's still going to make my my number nine on the list. I, I thought it was very solid. The execution was great. Uh, the fact that it was able to take itself as seriously as it did with kind of a silly concept and then pull it off is really hard to do. And I give the uh, the director and the writers um, and the editing team uh, all the kudos for that. I thought the newcomer, uh, uh, what's her name, Sozie Bacon, Kevin Bacon's daughter did fantastic in her first real leading role she really hasn't been an actress before this and again kyle gallner uh he's always great the ending was a great payoff uh seeing the face reveal i thought was really cool i think without that payoff at the end it might have gotten a little bit of a lower score it was one of those movies that like you're you're waiting to see what this creature looks like for an hour and a half and then you finally get that and it didn't disappoint i I thought it was uh the ending was dark super dark one of the darker endings for the year, especially on my list, um, looking through my list now, and it's uh, it's a solid movie. So, smile. It's going to be number nine for me. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your number nine, right? Yep, number nine. Okay, so my number nine is Terrifier Two. <laughs> the fact that this movie was released wide in theaters, kudos, kudos to the theaters, kudos to it's a little independently funded movie didn't even have studio backing i think bloody disgusting ended up releasing it but this if you like slasher movies this movie has to be on your year-end list it's bloody slasher mayhem it even has those dream warriors vibes from a nightmare on elm street but uh it's fucking wild this movie the gore is just insane i saw it in theaters and uh there was this older couple you know god bless them in the theater and they actually got up and left after a certain scene. And that always makes me smile when I see stuff like that. Yeah, this is a must-see for slasher fans. You know, we don't have many new horror icons, you know, comparable to Freddy, Jason, and Michael, but Art the Clown, he might be the newest horror icon of, you know, the last 20 years. Like, when you see his face, you're like, oh, that's Art. So we have a new horror icon, and we have a new badass final girl, uh, Lauren Lavera. She plays the lead in the movie, and she's great, so... This movie's crazy. This is batshit crazy. Blood gore. I mean, there's one scene that just doesn't stop. <laughs> you think it's over, but he just does some crazy shit to the body in this movie. Whew. Horror fans, watch this movie. I love it. 
Yeah, and it sounds like Craven has some words for you on that. Yeah, that's Dewey. I'm gonna, oh, that's gonna Dewey. Okay. Getting, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Anthony has two dogs, guys. I, I, I believe you've heard them before in the podcast, but just try to yeah. try it out. <laughs> yeah, there's a car parked in front of my house, and Dewey, he's the deputy Uh-oh. Dewey of the house. So he's Is this going to be like a host situation where <laughs> you get abducted and I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out what the hell's going on? Did you see Terrifier 2? So Terrifier 2 is not on my list because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I, I know it's going to be, people are going to be listening like, how have you not seen it? But again, I've been so caught up. I have a new job that I just started this year and I really haven't been able to get to the theater as much as I wanted to, especially at the last part of this year. So I haven't seen it yet. I wish I saw it in theaters. I, I don't think it's in theaters anymore, but I know it's being released on streaming. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Sorry to everyone who's listening because I, you know, I'm a huge slasher fan, and I I thought uh, the first one was great, and I'm actually hearing the same things about Terrifier 2 that I heard about Avatar, and how it expands upon, and it does everything better, and it actually has a better plot and better, you know, direction. And isn't that funny that my two uh, first two movies on the list are, like, sequels that arguably are improvements mm-hmm. over their and original two, i mean in terms of budget just two yes. opposite so, sides of well, the spectrum that's what i want to say i think the first terrifier was made for like under a hundred thousand dollars and i think this was only made for like 250 or three hundred thousand dollars and it looks like i mean the gore is practical you can tell it's you know practical uh low budget gore but it looks like better than some movies that have you know five million dollar plus budgets so kudos to the director and uh, I do want to say this movie's over two hours. So like for a slash room, it'd be over two hours. That's pretty risky. But to me, I'm like, I just wanted to keep going. I loved it. I didn't have any. That's the only complaints I've been seeing about the movie. But to me, I did not feel the runtime. It was awesome. So why don't we keep the ball rolling? I'm going to get to mine number eight. Shifting gears a little bit. My first two were horror. I'm now going to shift gears. Uh, you know me, Anthony. I'm a, a pretty big sports fan. So this is my one sports movie on the list. It's Hustle. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It stars Adam Sandler. It's a Netflix movie. Uh, it's great. It's it's just a really uh, cool movie. Even if you're not a sports fan, it's uh, it's a really grounded movie. Really, really uh, inspirational and just a powerful story. I don't want to give too much away, but you know, it's it's if you like basketball, if you like sports, it, that's a bonus. But you really don't even have to like sports to watch this movie. Uh, a lot of basketball fans are calling this a love letter to basketball and. Adam Sandler is a huge sports fan, I know, in his personal life, and he loves shooting hoops and stuff. And you could tell it, it definitely uh, shows through. And uh, I know he wrote the movie or helped write it and, and create it and produce it. But I don't know if I don't think he directed it, but he stars in it. And it's clear. Uh, he definitely produces it. I know he produced it, I believe. Um, I actually didn't see this movie, so that's good to know. I have to add it to my list. I've been meaning to check it out, but I just haven't had the chance, so I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I like seeing Adam Sandler in a more restrained role, uh, not you know comedic. Uh, it has its little moments, you know, like every movie does with, with some funny lines, but it's just a really cool, grounded movie. It's got a great, inspiring story, and you, you just can't go wrong. It's, it's really for everyone. I know you're not a huge sports fan, uh, Anthony, but you, you do appreciate a good sports movie. And a good uh, underdog story and stuff. So it's it's definitely got that. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm not like a huge on like watching like professional sports, but like I love myself some good sports movies. So I'm definitely excited to check that out. And I'm happy that it made your uh, top 10. Yep. All right. So we're up at to my number eight. So like I said, Dinner in America was one of the coming of age movies that almost made my list. And it didn't because I had to include one on my list. And that's Cha-Cha Real Smooth. 
It's a super, super low-budget indie movie. I think it's on Apple TV, if you guys have that. It stars Dakota Johnson. And it's pretty much about this young dude. And he works as a bar mitzvah party host. And he strikes up a friendship with Dakota Johnson's character, who has a daughter. And she's autistic. And actually, the guy who starred in the movie, Cooper Rafe, I think his name is, he also directed it. And it's just a really, really, really sweet, good coming-of-age movie. You know, it's about depression, but you're so you'll be crying and laughing. But it just made me had a smile on my face the whole movie. And uh, like I said, I really a sucker for coming of age movies. So this is a movie that will just will make you feel good at the end. You know, make you appreciate life. So I really love this movie. I haven't seen it. I don't have Apple TV, so any any movies from there I will have not seen. So that's one of the. I've you know we're yeah, trying to figure out our our streaming situation between the two of us. I we I I don't have Shutter anymore, but that wasn't intentional. It's just very complicated between the two of our bundles. Right. <laughs> what's included and what's not included, so I have to get Shutter again as well. But yeah, now we don't have Apple TV, so I, I wasn't able to check that out. So okay, but that sounds yeah. Cool. So anyone who like horror isn't their main jam, I would check out this movie, Cha Cha Rules movie. It's a sweet, funny, you know, heartfelt movie that you know you can't not like it. It's a good time. I love this movie, so I had to make my top ten. Okay, great. And I loved, and Dakota Johnson, she's so underrated. I think she's actually a good actress and she doesn't get enough credit. Awesome. So now we're getting down to the the middle of our list here. Uh, it's going to be my number seven pick. And uh, this is probably going to be my most controversial pick, but it's Halloween Ends at number seven. I uh, I like this movie a lot. I, I definitely... <sighs> You know, seeing it in theaters, it's definitely, <laughs> you, you prepare yourselves. If you haven't seen this movie yet, just just realize, the only thing I'll say is just realize that this is part of a trilogy and we have different vibes for each movie in this new trilogy. Halloween Kills was Michael's movie. We got the huge face-off in Halloween 2018 was pretty much the big face-off with Laurie and Michael. Um, I have problems with it. I love Halloween. It's my favorite horror franchise. Well, it's it's up there. That's debatable, but because there are some low points in the franchise, I will admit. But Michael Myers is my one or two favorite villains in all of cinema. So anything that has Michael Myers in it, I'm going to be biased. I mean, maybe if I wasn't such a super fan of Michael Myers and Halloween, I, I wouldn't have it on my list. But I had to include it, and it gets my number seven spot. It's just... You know, the, the, the overall trilogy was great. And, it, you know, I'll take this trilogy, uh, I'll defend it. And it, it's better than the other trilogies and the other timelines. So there's a few different timelines now with the Halloween franchise. And what they did with this, uh, they, they took a swing. Um, I, again, I have some nitpicks. I wish we're, we're going to get into all these movies again because we're a horror movie podcast. And Anthony, you love Halloween. Halloween I love Halloween. So I don't want to do too many spoilers on this fun episode. But. It's got some things that I don't like, but I mean, who am I? You know, I mean, they did it. They they did a great movie, and the more you watch this movie, the more you're gonna appreciate it. I've I've heard a couple different horror uh, super fans tell me that they were super disappointed, but they've since rewatched it and have now come to terms with it. And I think this movie is definitely gonna age really well. But for right now, it gets my number seven spot for. I'm 2022. so happy this movie is on your list. We saw it in the theater together, and you know, once we walked out. Sometimes I have to think about it, but the first thing I said to you was, I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> Halloween is my second favorite horror franchise after Scream, but the original Halloween is my favorite movie. So these movies are very special to me. And 
I just want to comment on the whole crazy like internet hate. This movie is not hated, it's divisive. And I'd rather have a divisive movie that takes swings than the same movie over and over. And it's funny because people complained about Halloween Kills having too much Michael. And they complain about Halloween Ends having not enough Michael. So with these big franchises, you're never going to satisfy everybody. So I'm just happy that they let the filmmakers make the movie and conclusion they wanted to make. This movie's fucking awesome. I love this movie. Love this movie so much. I don't want to say too much about it yet. (laughs) All right, so that was your number seven, right? Yep. Okay, so my number seven is the movie Watcher. It's a Shudder movie, but it was released in theaters, so I got to see it in theaters. And it stars Micah Monroe, who was in It Follows. She's in the movie Greta. She's in a bunch of horror movies. She is a scream queen, and she does not get enough credit for it. But it pretty much follows. She's an American woman who moves with her husband to, I think, Bucharest or Budapest. Um, And she begins to suspect that a stranger who was watching her from the apartment building across the street may be a local serial killer. And it's a very simple movie, but the suspense is so good. And the killer, the lead guy in the movie, the killer, he's so creepy. And it just builds, 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 builds to this climax. And the whole movie, you're just like, feel so bad for this girl because no one is believing her that this guy's stalking her. And it's just a masterclass in suspense. And I love those kind of movies. Very simple, but worth your time. It's a great movie. Great. And I love the ending. It sticks the landing. So good. I don't know if you've seen this because you know of Shudder. Awesome. Solid choice. Yeah, I have to check that out. That, that, that's been on my list. I got a little confused with that movie and the Netflix show that everyone was watching. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't like that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch the movie. Yeah. Watch that. It's very, very good. Classic stalker thriller, but it's just the way that the director creates the suspense just elevates it so much. It's so damn good. Awesome. So that was Anthony's number seven pick. With my number six pick, I have the movie Prey. I am a big Predator fan, and I know other big Predator fans who didn't like this movie for some reason. I, I've heard a couple comments, but I don't agree. I, I, I love this movie. I think it went back to basics. Um, I love the original Predator, but this was uh, uh, had a lot of cool nods to the original. And um, I love the concept of a more primitive Predator, you know, whatever their species is, a more primitive version landing on Earth. All the effects, besides, I mean, it has some complaints with some CGI. I know a lot of people didn't like the bear in the movie, like the CGI with the bear. I thought it was okay. I mean, you know, it didn't take me out of the movie. But a lot of the, I've seen a couple behind the scenes stuff, and it's uh, it's really cool. It's got cool kills, and it's a good uh, good underdog story. And the dog, I forget the dog's name. Do you remember the dog's name in the movie? Is awesome. No, but the dog is the star of the movie. The dog, yeah. <laughs> Just great. I, I love seeing the face off at the end and uh, anytime Predator. I mean, to me, uh, there have been some bad Predator movies over the years, but it's not that difficult, guys. Like, just stick to the basics. And this hopefully will bring the franchise back to its roots and they can explore this style more because it's gotten too just convoluted. Just kind of stick to the basics and you get a movie like this and it was awesome. So, yeah, I like this movie. I thought it was good. I think it's not against the movie. To me, it's just, to me, sci-fi horror is my least favorite subgenre. So I've always liked the Predator movies, but they haven't, you know, been my favorites, like Scream and Halloween. But I thought this was a good, you know, a good, like you said, I'm happy that they went back to basics because I think this is one of the better installments. It might be my favorite after Predator 2. Didn't make my list, but I thought it was a good movie. And some of the gore was pretty awesome. And the lead actor, she was badass. Yeah, fun movie. Fun movie for me. 
So why don't we talk about your number six? So my number six, my number six is a Hulu movie, um, and it's fresh. It stars uh, Daisy Edgar Jones as Noah and Sebastian Stan as Steve. And this is Sebastian Stan's best performance of his entire career. I don't want to talk about it too much because we'll get into it when we do an episode on this movie. It's like a horror satire, so we'll definitely cover it. But I just want to give you a little synopsis. It's about these two. They meet in a grocery store after Noah, um, Daisy Edgar Jones. She's frustrated with the weirdos that she's been meeting on dating apps. So she gives Sebastian Stan a chance. And um, they meet up and go away for a weekend. And then I don't want to say anything else because it'll ruin the twist and this crazy shit that happens in this movie. But this movie is so damn good. It's crazy. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I have. I can't wait to get into it when, <laughs> it's we, when we so talk about good. it. Yeah. And I love that the first 30 minutes is pretty much an intro because we don't get a title drop until like 35 minutes in the movie. I love when movies do crazy shit like this. But this movie had me laughing. It had me looking away. It was just, it, it's such a good movie. But we can't talk about it until we get into the episode. So I will just say, don't watch the trailer. Don't read about it. Just watch this movie and know that you're in store for a batshit ride. This is what I wanted. This is my kind of batshit that I wish um, Barbarian got into. Like, I wish Barbarian went this crazy, you know, with the setting in the basement. I think, like, Barbarian didn't take advantage of that basement, what's behind the doors. Whereas Fresh, you know, once we get going, it's like, what the hell's going to happen? And I think they deliver in this movie. This movie's hilarious, but so messed up. Awesome. I really don't want to comment too much on this movie, uh, mainly because... Uh, this movie didn't make my list. Um, it didn't make my honorable mentions. I, I think I was in the wrong frame of mind when I watched this movie, to be fair. I'll be the first to admit it. It's a, it's a pet peeve of mine when other people do this, but I will admit I'm guilty of it too. I was you know, on my phone. It was in the middle of the day. I, I wasn't really... So I, I, that probably affected it. So I can't wait to... Because um, I know it's really high regarded and it, it does go bonkers, but I'm excited to, to, to cover it with you. I'm excited to, to watch it again for sure. Yeah, sorry, I was pretty vague, guys, but I just don't want to ruin the movie for you, and I want to save it for when we're able to go all in on it. But yeah, Sebastian Stan is fucking, he's great in this movie. Best performance, I think, that he's given so far. Great. So now that gets into our top five, guys. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very interesting. All right, so let's go. We'll start with my number five. It's a movie that Anthony covered in his honorable mentions. It is The Batman. Okay, well, wow, number five. Yeah, awesome. Number five. I loved this movie. I had a couple different gripes with it. The Penguin was awesome. Colin Farrell was awesome. Um, I believe they're going to do a spinoff. I, I heard they yeah, think they're doing a spinoff. Like an HBO Max I would have liked to see him fleshed out more in this movie. This movie was very long. It was uh, close to three hours, right? Yeah, it's like two hours and 50 minutes or something. For an almost three hours movie... I would have liked to see the, the 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 multiple villains in this movie fleshed out a little more, but that's really just me like really dissecting this movie. Overall, it was fantastic. Zoe Kravitz is amazing as Catwoman. Her chemistry with Robert Pattinson is amazing. I can't wait for them to explore that more in future movies. And Robert Pattinson just fucking kills it as Batman. It's so realistic for what they were going for. The fact that he's just like a recluse. And he's kind of a loner and he really conveys that really well, like of what like a rich billionaire loner would be like in different social situations. And, you know, he's trying to do good, but he's figuring it out. 
it was just fantastic. If you haven't seen it and you're a fan of Batman, I'm sure you've seen it already. But even if you're just a fan of uh, crime movies and detective movies and mysteries and and it's an action movie all wrapped into one, it's just it's a good ride. It is long. A lot of people said it was a little too long. I, I would tend to agree if, if they could cut it down a little bit more. But I, I'll never complain about having you know a longer movie as long as I enjoy the movie. I thought the pacing was a little off, but I mean, it's number five. So I love the movie. It was great. And Robert Pattinson, I can't wait for more. Yeah, that's a great movie. Good choice. I also think we should give a shout out. Paul Dano as a Riddler, he was so good. Creepy as hell in this movie. And the score was so good in the movie as well. Um, the reason why it was on my honorable mentions and not on my actual list is just because I do think that they could cut 30 minutes from this movie and it would be like amazing. But I do think it's a great movie. I but I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's too long for me. It's too long. But great movie. Robert Pattinson, like I said, he might be my favorite Batman, which is crazy to say. Awesome. All right. So my number five is going to be The Menu. This movie, you haven't seen it. We talked about this. You haven't seen it. So again, I have to be careful. But um, just a little synopsis because it is a newer movie. It's about a couple who travel to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu. And wow, this movie is a ride, man. This movie's a ride. It's a dark, I mean, it's a horror satire, but it's dark. It's a very dark movie. It's hilarious, but it's super messed up. Anya Taylor-Joy, I didn't know that I could fall in love with her more, but wow, she's awesome in this movie. And Ralph Fiennes, he should be up for an award, but because it's a horror movie, he's not going to. He's so damn good in this movie. And I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen it, but I love myself a mean movie. And whoa, this movie delivered on being mean. You got to watch this movie. Um, again, I saw this in the theater and they advertise this movie as like a kind of like a dark comedy. And some of the reactions in the audience were like, OK, they're going there <laughs> because this movie, the ending is so damn. ooh, this movie is dark. I love it. It's a great movie. That's great. And I, again, I apologize, guys. I really have to watch more of these movies. Uh, we definitely still wanted to do this list, though, for the end of the year, because I feel like I haven't seen a lot of the movies that you're bringing up, Ant, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, I wish we could have more of a discussion about it, but thanks for not spoiling it for me. And uh, again, I apologize, guys. I, I promise I'll be better. <laughs> Just had a pretty hectic year. I'm sure everyone can understand. Yeah, well, it's also good because some of these movies that maybe people weren't on the radar now that you know we're bringing them up they can check them out before yeah. we get to do our episodes on them so this is gonna be a fun episode too to get into yeah for sure and a lot of your movies so far haven't been like huge blockbusters either right so right. a lot of these people uh a lot of people watching uh listening probably haven't watched at least some of them so that's good as well and i actually think that uh this movie is available now to like rent on demand if you guys you know don't want to take the trek to the theater i do recommend seeing it in theaters but whatever you do just get around to watching it it's a little nice little 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 mean movie with some comedic uh, elements to it and everyone's great in this movie but uh ralph Fiennes and anya taylor joy they really uh stood out for me watch this movie it's a, a good critique on the elite uh people in the world uh it's funny it's crazy so that brings us to number four my number four uh -oh, we're getting there we're getting, we're getting there. there we're getting there my number four uh movie of 2022 is the Taiwanese found footage supernatural horror movie Incantation? Yes, I know. I, I put you on to this movie, Anthony. You did. Uh, you, you, I don't even think you had heard about it, and I, I found it. My I actually got it from my brother. My brother's like, dude, you gotta watch this movie. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Don't worry, I will. And this movie is freaking nuts, guys. I love this movie. So it was actually um, 
It became the highest grossing Taiwanese horror film ever made in Taiwan. And uh, they brought it over to Netflix uh, for the international market, for the U.S. market. And it's, you know, it's you can watch it subtitled or you can watch it with the dub. I'm always a fan of subtitles over dubs. I like the real performances of the actors. I don't like to hear a dubbed version. A hundred percent. Definitely watch it subtitles because the acting in this movie, I don't want to butcher their names because uh, they all (laughs) are Taiwanese actors. So I'm not even going to try. But the main character in this movie is awesome. It's again, it's. It's found footage, but what what they do with it, the twist that they put on it, especially at the end, is really fucking unique and clever. And I really was like, wow, that's really cool. It's super creepy. It has a lot of um, I mean, the movie's called Incantations, so it has a lot of lot of uh, cantations and hummings and and chants throughout the movie and super <laughs> deep score that kind of just gets super creepy and a lot of visuals, unsettling visuals, and the ending. Talk about payoffs. I really think they nailed the ending. I mean, because this movie, without giving too much away, because I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen it yet, it's it, it really relies on the payoff at the end. It's one big buildup to a big reveal, and I thought they personally nailed it. This is one of the few movies in the last, really, decade that have left me, like, unsettled after watching it I, I watched it by myself in the middle of the night with no lights on and after the movie ended i was like very creeped out so uh definitely give this a, it's it's not for the faint of heart it's it's not it, it's got some gory scenes especially in the first act it's not super gory though but it's super unsettling super creepy and uh, i was super impressed so thanks to my brother for the recommendation and that's going to be my number four movie Awesome choice, man. Uh, the only reason I didn't mention that one on my honorable mentions and it's not on my list is because I only was able to check it out once. Um, so I like to watch movies a couple of times before I uh, you know, make that decision. But I will say, if you watch this movie, you have to watch it like in the pitch black. Put your phone away. Crank the volume up. That's the way to experience this movie. Yeah, it's super creepy. Super, super creepy. And it like you don't know where it's going to, what turn it's going to take next. But uh, there's some scenes that are seared into my brain in this movie it makes a couple different uh left and right turns throughout the movie that are a little unexpected and again it's it's a found footage movie but it's done it did something that i personally had never seen especially in a horror movie and so if you guys haven't seen it definitely check it out and let me know what you thought about it and and how they took the direction of this movie especially the ending because i loved the ending i don't know about you but that ending i thought was awesome yeah we'll have to definitely cover this one too i can't wait and like i said if I mean, I love foreign movies, but I know some people don't like the whole subtitle thing. Just watch it with the subtitles. It's not even a dialogue-heavy movie. There's just so much crazy atmosphere going on. So, like, don't be afraid to check this one out because it's foreign. Definitely worth it. Check it out. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it as well. Yes, I did. So, my number four. So, like I said, Avatar is how you do a blockbuster movie. My number four is how you do a legacy sequel. And it's a movie... That was held because the producer and the star of the movie knew that this movie was meant to be experienced on the biggest and loudest screen possible. This is how you do a legacy sequel. My number four is Top Gun Maverick. What a movie. Highest gross movie of the year. Well deserved. I didn't really expect this movie to be so damn emotional. It got me in the feels several times throughout. The practical stunts and effects. It's like, this is how you do it. This is how you do a big movie. This is how you do a sequel. This should be the blueprint for all legacy sequels going forward. And Tom Cruise, man, 
legend. He's a fucking legend. I can't say enough about this movie. Miles Teller, great as Rooster. It's just on so many people's year-end lists, rightfully so. It's just a damn good time. It's an old-school throwback to how movies used to be made. And uh, the last 40 minutes is just an adrenaline rush. Um, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Def- if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, you know, put it at the top of your list. It's awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, you missed out because in theaters, it was incredible. Yeah. It's Again, it's how you do a legacy sequel. It's how you do a summer blockbuster. It's I watched it in theaters. I had people standing up cheering in the movie yep. theater, like on their feet, literally applauding yep. during the movie. Um, it's just a feel-good um the action sequences are crazy. You know, with any Tom Cruise movie nowadays that he just gets the green light to do the craziest stunts. He does all of his own stunts. You know, it's it's just a wild ride. It's so good. I, you don't need to see the original, but I recommend it. It definitely elevates it if you've seen the original. Yeah, the nostalgia factor. The nostalgia factor. It's got some moments, uh, some heartwarming moments. I don't want right. to give it away, but it's amazing, guys. It's so amazing that Number three on my list is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yes. That was pretty close. Awesome. Yeah. So that's going to be my number three on the list. I like that you what you said about the um, everyone, because I had the same experience when I saw an IMAX. At the end, it just felt like we all came together and we just saw a great movie because everyone did. They actually clapped at the end. You don't get that in every movie. Everyone clapped no. and cheered. Um, even like in the climax when, you know, yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but when something happens and you're relieved, you're like, everyone's just cheering and clapping. Mm-hmm. It's, that doesn't happen much anymore. And I'm thankful for Tom Cruise for saving that experience. Because like I said several times, I love going to the theater and having that experience with a crowd. It's my number three movie. And I didn't even see it opening weekend. I, and I still had a decent crowd. And, uh, you know, I, I've been in a couple opening night movies like blockbusters where people like clapped at the end and cheered but i maybe saw this a week or so later so it wasn't like the diehard top gun fans and people still were out of their seat you know cheering for this movie and clapping and i thought it was just incredible jennifer connelly is a babe she's awesome in it yeah (laughs) she's so good i love her yeah i mean the scenes with with uh the the throwbacks with goose because you know goose's son is in the movie played by miles teller just great what so uncanny what great and their dynamic casting. is so good. Tom Cruise and Miles Teller, they yeah. feed off each other so well. And it just builds up. The emotion builds, builds, and you just get that payoff at the end with the emotion. I'm like, oh, so good. You have a little cameo from Val Kilmer, who yes. is like, you know, heart. that's a super heartfelt scene. It's just, you can't not leave this movie with a smile on your face. Uh, There's really nothing I can even nitpick about this no. movie. It's so well no. done. There's nothing wrong with it. The only reason it's not higher on my list is because of my genre preferences. But other than that, I mean, it's a perfect summer blockbuster feel good action packed ride. And Tom Cruise, man, he just doesn't miss. He's, he's amazing. It's unreal what he does, what he accomplishes in this, in these movies. Um, well, I'm so happy that that was pretty close. My four, your three. Awesome. That was my number three. So yeah, why don't we uh, keep things rolling? Uh, So we're now in the top three. Uh, So my number three was Top Gun Maverick. Let's uh, let's hear what you got, Ant. All right. So speaking of feel good and leaving a movie smiling, my number three is Smile. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, it and like I said, this movie is very important to our podcast. It was the first movie we covered. We went in depth in our episode. But like I said, I saw this in the theater and I was just taken aback that this wasn't just a cheesy, stupid uh, movie. This was a dark, mean 
gritty horror movie with a fantastic lead performance from Sosie Bacon. The ending stuck the landing, unlike a lot of horror movies. It went to, it went there and it wasn't afraid to. There is just, I can't say enough about this movie. I love it so much. Creepy. The jump scares work. Um, the tension works. We have a great supporting cast with Kyle Gallner. Like I said, I only had one nitpick and it was uh, her husband, um, the actor who played her husband. But other than that, Wow, what a good horror movie. And everyone I show it to, they're like, wow, this is this creeped me out. So, and it's, you know, it deserves to be the highest grossing horror movie of the year. Love this movie so much. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I have to say is this was, again, this was number nine on my list. Uh, maybe the only reason this wasn't higher is because I didn't see it in the theater. So, you know, go see movies in theaters. So you, you definitely get that extra level. The sound design, man, on this movie is so good. They did so well with the transitions and the sound design. And, um, I keep recommending it to anyone who's asking me for a good horror movie. That's the first one I say from this year is, you know, check out Smile. So, yeah, it made my top three. I love it so much. And like I said in the episode, I gave it an 8.5. It's pretty great for a new horror movie. Yeah, that's awesome. So this is, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. Here we go. It. Our top two. I'm guys. nervous for your top yeah. two. <laughs> so just a quick disclaimer. I have disclaimer too. <laughs> I have been battling all week with my top two. I have been going back and forth. Uh, right before we started recording, I actually switched my top two because I had a last minute change. But I just want to tell you guys, one and two are like amazing movies. That's the only reason I tell you this, just because this is my number two. This could have easily been my number one. So <laughs> my number two movie of the year is The Northman. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yep. Directed by okay. Robert Eggers. What can I say? I, if you're familiar with Robert Eggers, man, his period pieces are just amazing he is a director that's known to get down with a fine-tooth comb every meticulous detail to make sure these movies are accurate it takes place in uh 895 ad it's it's a viking movie um it's it's a great story it's it's a little bit on the longer side but i think it works because the payoff at the end is amazing and there's not there wasn't a point in the movie where i thought the movie dragged it's got Anna Taylor-Joy, and it's got, of course, Alexander Skarsgård stars in it. It's also got Nicole Kidman and Ethan Hawke. She's fantastic. She's fantastic yeah. in this movie. She's a yes. scene stealer. She is awesome. Talk about scene stealing. William Defoe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, who we last saw in a Robert Eggers movie, The Lighthouse, is just incredible in this movie. He He's not in it for long, but he is just completely bonkers. And this movie, guys, if you like... Uh, Viking Vikings, Norse mythology, all this. It's super brutal. And if you know Robert Eggers, he has that creepy sound design and score throughout right. the movie. He has um time accurate chanting and incantations and drums and all all of that is completely accurate. When you're walking through these villages, like it you're literally transported back to eight ninety five. You know, it's it's just incredible. I, I can't say anything else about it. This this could this was my number one until about an hour ago, guys. So wow. this was just unbelievable. I was left with my jaw on the floor this entire movie and including afterwards when I was thinking about it. Uh, I've seen it a couple times. I can't wait to see it again. I, I love brutal action movies and this had it all it's just visceral and it doesn't shy away from everything anything at all it shows you everything it's it's pretty gory but it's it's not gory in like a disgusting way because it's like real and authentic and i i, I thought it he just did a beautiful job that scene in the 
when they put everyone in the barn that was like a I was like whoa they're going there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i only have only seen this movie once when it came out in theaters and the only it's not on my list because in my opinion to me i don't see myself rewatching it much but i thought it was a good it was a good movie i just it's not one i'll go back to often but yeah good movie and nicole came in wow she uh is unlike she's ever been in this movie uh wow i don't want to give anything away but yeah recommend it for i'm not a huge period piece guy and viking guy so that's why um you know it's not something i'm gonna rewatch but yeah i do think it was a good movie um and alex dandros garsgard is a beast holy shit oh man he got ripped for this movie i think i immediately was like oh i have to go to the gym after i watched that movie <laughs> yeah yeah the face-off at the end was so brutal and like but again, it was so grounded and realistic and it had the uh, the spiritual elements too and it was incorporated so perfectly. I'm definitely going to rewatch this movie again. I'm a sucker for Viking and, and Norse mythology and all that. And, I, I, you know, period pieces when done right are just so cool because this is what movies do best. I mean, they just take you to another world for that two or three hours that you're you're watching it. And it's just, nobody does it better for me. I mean, than Robert Eggers, like, like again, his attention to detail and how meticulous he is in getting all the details right—it's—it's it's so spot on. Awesome, yeah. That's why I love while we're when we do these lists because you get to see both of our different tastes, you know. Yeah, guys, and this is why we wanted to do not just horror. We wanted you uh, guys to kind of figure out what makes us tick and what we like in general out of movies. So I'm all really right. glad we decided to open it wow, up. I'm, to I'm so curious in what your number one is, but for <laughs> that, all right. My little disclaimer is, you know. Call me by sort of, I can't help it. This movie is a movie I'm going to rewatch the most out of any movie we talked about today so far. I think my we know what's two, coming, guys. <laughs> my number two is Scream. Sorry, guys, I can't help it. This movie, I love this franchise so much, I cannot help it. I thought that Radio Silence did a great job bringing the franchise back after a very long break. And Wes Craven's my favorite director, and this whole movie is a tribute to what Wes Craven created with this franchise. So, I mean, they they got me right away. I can't help it. You know, when the four West came up at the end, I'm getting tears in my eyes. And, you know, this movie, I mean, Scream is Scream is me. If you talk to anybody, the first thing I say, oh yeah, Anthony loves Scream. Sydney, Dewey, and Gale are my three favorite characters in film history. And this movie, I mean, no spoilers, but it's sort of an end of an era for the trio in certain ways. So, you know, they made some moves in this movie and, and, you know, hardcore Scream fans had a lot to say about it, but I thought overall they did what they needed to, to bring the franchise back. Um, They paid respect to Wes. And I think that since they did this movie, which was kind of like a tribute to the other movies, they're going to go moving forward with Scream 6. They're going to be able to do their own thing. And I just cannot wait to see what these guys do with the franchise. Um, Talk about Jenna Ortega, this girl, like in the opening scene alone, she's so good. It's a great throwback to the originals opening, but it has a little spin on it with the technology. Um, and when that girl screams, you like feel her pain. Wow. So I'm so happy that um, she's one of the new leads of this franchise. And, you know, it's hard for me to appreciate and accept the new cast because I'm such a Sydney uh, apologist. Like I want every movie to be about Sydney. So, uh, you know, I wish she was in the movie a little bit more, but when she was on screen, she made the most of it. And, um, Damn, that iconic fight at the end with them two, Gail and Sydney, taking down one of the killers. Like, um, I saw it opening night, so it's me and all the Scream hardcores were, like, cheering on their names. It's, it's movie is it's great. It takes place, the ending is, like, takes place in the kitchen of the first movie. Like, you're getting me. You're getting me with all the nostalgia. They did what they had to do. Um, 
I can't say enough about Scream. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. It's bloody, but it's not over the top. Um, my favorite sequence might be the one with Dylan Manette and um, Detective Hicks, Judy Hicks. Um, that sequence is really good. Uh, and I love how they keep playing with you with the anticipation of the kill with that. Yes, uh, it's a great, that sequence uh, is awesome. Yeah, I love that really sequence. It's really good. Yeah. Um, the hospital sequence is good. I mean, I don't think David Arquette gets enough chops for his acting. I thought he did really, really well as Dewey in this movie. It might be his best performance out of the five movies. You know, it's emotional. I love his scene together, him and Gail, when they first come on screen together. That's very emotional. Guys, I mean, watch <laughs> Scream. <laughs> Scream is my jam. Scream, it's fun, and because it's so clever how it critiques the genre. And I just want to say... You know, we talked about legacy sequels with Top Gun Maverick. This movie, how it commented on the requels and it was self-aware of itself. It's just so genius what they do with this movie. And I think the, I mean, don't want to get into spoilers because we're going to cover the movie, but, you know, the whole motive of fandom being toxic. I think we see it on the internet that fandom in these big franchises is unfortunately very toxic. And you have people, uh, you know, threatening these creators over a movie. So I thought it's very clever. Uh, what they came up with with this movie for to bring Scream back in 2022. And I cannot wait. We have a few months till Scream 6. And you know, I cannot wait to see where this franchise goes. I love Scream. My number two. Wow. Shocker. Not really. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm not a super fan of Scream like you are. Um, I thought it was a solid movie. It made my honorable mentions. I will say without getting too much into it, I, you know, it was good. I had a lot of cool sequences. I thought the direction and the acting were, were top notch. The only thing I'll say is the ending disappointed me. I thought it, it kind of, I thought they were going to do something new with it. And I don't want to give away too much, but it, it kind of, the ending was kind of formulaic for the franchise, which I understand why they did, but I, I really thought they were going to take a big swing and they kind of didn't. And I was left. But that's little. like, that's such commentary on the requel that they were formulate because all these requels and they come back, they pretty much copy what came before. So I think we're going to get, you're going to get what you want in stream six because they're going to move away from that. But I thought, again, there was just great commentary on it. It just fell a little short for me. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into it and I, you know, you can maybe talk me through why they did the right. things that they did. Cause again, I'm not a super fan. They're always self-aware. That's what makes this franchise. There right. really isn't a lot of, you know, we all have our lists of our, our favorite Scream movies, but they're all good because they're all so current and self-aware. And that's what makes I mean, even the tick. title in of, of itself, people were complaining that it was just called Scream, but that's commentary on how all these requels. I mean, how many times has Halloween been called Halloween? I mean, we I think we have like three movies in the Halloween franchise that are just called Halloween. So it's it's so meta. It's fun. And uh, talk about some iconic lines. I mean, I'm I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course, I have a fucking gun. Oh, my God. Like, she's oh. Neff Campbell, man. Give it up for her. <laughs> this is kind of, if you know Anthony, like, the end of this episode was going to be pretty... <laughs> there was never any doubt. I thought maybe Scream would be number one, but I knew it was going to be top two for sure with, with another top movie we'll you'll get it to. But it's, it's a middle-of-the-road Scream movie for me. It was good. It was it was solid movie. It had its definitely highlights. And to me, like, there's no bad... Like, you know how some of these horror franchises dip in quality? I don't think Scream has a bad movie it does not have a bad movie i, I think it has bad moments and again we're gonna get into it yeah, i really we'll don't want to yeah. talk anymore about it right, but right. it has its bad moments which is why i maybe have a, a different opinion on my rankings than uh you or a lot of other scream fans but we'll get into it i have certain criteria for for scream movies that are probably different than you which is gonna affect my ranking 
So I can't okay. wait to get into them. Maybe we'll we'll start that before uh, Scream Six or after Scream Six yes. releases. But uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that in the coming months. So great choice, you know, number two. I didn't have any doubt it was going to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> so here All we right, go, guys. This is it. This is the drum roll. I'm so curious to what your number one is. I have a movie at number one that Anthony has not mentioned once, and I'm a little surprised. And I don't think it's going to be his number one, but. My number one movie of the year is the, and you kind of played your cards because you said you don't love this type of horror movie, science fiction. Oh, I know what it is. Nope. I have things to say about Nope. Okay. Nope. Yes. It is directed by Jordan Peele, written by Jordan Peele, produced by Jordan Peele, and it is Jordan Peele's best movie to date. Better than really? Get Out. Better really? than Us. Yep. Yep. Oh, we were going to have yep. to debate this movie when we talk about it. <laughs> yes, we will. I loved this movie, guys. And I didn't even see it in theaters. I just watched this movie a couple weeks ago. And I was blown away because, honestly, I've been hearing, you know, um, mixed reviews on this movie. I, I was going into it expecting to think it was a solid movie, but not absolutely love it. And, guys, I loved it. It's my number one. I mean... Again, I was battling back and forth between this and The Northman, but I could not put this movie number one. I mean, this is a horror podcast for one, and uh, that's my favorite genre, so that's why it it got the nod over The Northman. But yeah, dude, it is really good. It goes from, we've talked about this before, the fear of the unknown, and it's super creepy, and I don't want to give too much away, guys. Watch this movie if you haven't, and we're going to do a review on it, but the first and second act, it plays a lot on that, and you don't know. I mean, it's about a UFO, so you could say that, I mean, right from the get-go. It's the unknown. You don't know what the fuck is going on. And dude, the scenes with the monkey had my skin crawling and the hairs on my skin stand up. They were so visceral and creepy and like, oh, I just put myself in those scenes and was like totally creeped out by them i thought the performances by uh daniel kaluuya kiki palmer was awesome she was great steven young from the walking dead he was good i thought i thought he could have used a little bit more screen time but he i thought he did all right and um actually the scene stealer was the guy the the worker at that place he was a scene stealer i forget his name uh but the one who helps them the guy who works at like the best buy type place with the security it's hard to be a scene stealer when most of your scenes are with kiki palmer because she's just so you know (laughs) but uh yeah he was great i love this movie guys it was great um yeah again i think it's better than any other movie he did i i liked get out i didn't fall in love with that movie like other people did same thing with us us was a great movie he's definitely a great uh modern day horror director i'm glad he went into horror um we're seeing a trend of that a lot of comedians shifting to horror which is awesome because it's my favorite genre and uh it's definitely taken the forefront in terms of like blockbusters and stuff i mean smile like look how much money that movie made and halloween and scream making comebacks and seeing a movie like this was was just so cool and um i loved it uh, there's not much more to say again we haven't covered it yet so it's really hard to like talk too much about it because i don't want to spoil our own podcast but right the ending the third act it shifted from a creepy fear of the unknown to an epic face-off and i thought that was awesome another theme on my list is great reveals and great payoffs i, I it worked for me i don't know if it worked for you but i thought it was really cool the payoff and the reveal at the end and uh yeah dude nope number one and I'm sure you're going to say nope about it. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. I'm like in shock that that's your, your number one. I have a lot to say about this movie. I okay. like this movie a lot. It's my least favorite Jordan Peele movie. Wow. Yes. Your least favorite. So yeah. again, we're And I've heard this from multiple yeah. people. But it's still a good was... movie. It's Okay. It's still a good movie. To me, it's like a sci-fi version of Jaws that's not as scary as Jaws. There's moments. I will say there's moments in this movie. Bro, are you really comparing this to Jaws? That's kind of unfair. Come on. <laughs> no. I uh, know. But it, it, if you look at it, it's it's a sci-fi Jaws. You know? It's just, to me, a sci-fi is not my thing. I think when when this movie is at its strongest is when it actually goes full on horror. Like there's a sequence with blood rain that I thought like my jaw dropped when I saw that in the theater. It was amazing, but I don't get enough. I didn't get enough horror in this movie. It was too Western-y, you know, adventure in my opinion. And uh, there's another scene. I don't want to get into it until we get to the podcast, but Steven Yoon's in that scene. And uh, <laughs> I know you know what scene I'm talking about. He has an audience and he's using something to get the UFO to come and wow when you see the visuals of what happens after that scene that was that was my favorite scene of the whole movie and like i said i wanted more horror from it i thought the scene in the beginning with daniel kalia in the barn when you ended up finding out it was a fake out with these kids in alien mass i wanted i thought that wasn't to be what the movie was like with an actual like aliens on the you know creeping them out but yeah, it just didn't go enough into the horror for me, and I it dragged. Really, a okay. For me as I will well. say, disclaimer: if you if you are an animal lover, horse lover, animal lover in general, proceed with caution because uh, there's definitely animals in distress in this movie, for sure. That's what I say. I don't like when move, when animals are in uh, peril, and <laughs> this movie is based around that. But I will say, you just talked about what's the is the monkey's name? What's the monkey's name in the movie? Yeah, his name is Gordy. Okay. Okay, yeah, so I will say I do love the commentary of this movie on animal abuse and how uh, many in the entertainment industry use animals for our viewing pleasure. And I thought what Jordan Peele had to say about that with the horses, um, you know, because our protagonists, they do work with horses in the business. So that's commentary right there. But especially with Gordy, when I'm, you know, I know you said that you were like horrified and I was horrified, but I was more horrified for Gordy than what Gordy was doing. So I thought that was a great way that Jordan Peele um, had that scene play out. And you don't, you don't see what's happening in the beginning of the movie, but we eventually are led to the incident. And I thought that was very vicious, but I just love what he had to say about that. But on a whole, I thought it was a good movie. I wanted more horror from it um, as my least favorite Jordan Peele movie, but I thought it was a good movie. You're number one, though. Wow. Yeah, my number one, guys. Uh, there it is. I absolutely love this movie. I would love to hear your take on it because I've heard a bunch of different reviews. I mean, there it is right there. You said it's your least favorite Jordan Peele movie, right. uh, which which is very surprising to me, honestly. I know you're a horror buff, but you also appreciate every other, you know, you're just a cinephile as well. So I'm a little surprised, but uh, I, I understand what you're talking about. I knew going into it, it wasn't going to be a straight up horror movie. Because again, I didn't see this when it first came out, um, right. so I've heard uh, I heard slight commentary on it and kind of what to expect. So maybe that helped tailor my viewer ex viewing experience. But I was just blown away. Uh, it was just a wild ride, and after the movie, like I couldn't wait to watch it again. It was just so fun. See, like for me, like I bought the movie. I only saw it once in theaters, and I haven't. I have the movie, and I haven't went back to it yet. So um, I think it's going to be very interesting after we cover his three movies to rank them because we're obviously going to have different rankings too. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, right, right there yeah. off the bat for sure. Right, right, you know. <laughs> so this will be a good movie to cover in depth. Yeah. All right. My number one. Again, disclaimer, I can't help it. It is what it is. 
my number one movie of the year. And I, it's my number one because I, this movie needs more love, and I love it so much. Uh, my number one's Halloween Ends. Yep. I knew it was coming, guys. It, it's Halloween Sorry ends, for guys. the lack of reaction, but I am not surprised. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, not sorry. We're a new podcast, so uh, this is kind of why we want to do this list, but a lot of people don't know this about you, but if you know <laughs> Anthony... <laughs> There was never any question, really. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not sorry for all the haters of this movie. I'm going to get some hate on this one. But I yeah, thought this are. movie had... it was It's my favorite cinematography of the year. I thought David Gordon Green filled this movie, filmed this movie to perfection. This, John Carpenter is a genius filmmaker, but he's even more of a genius composer. And I've had this score on repeat since the day the movie came out. And it's shocking to me because... It kind of divert diverts from the typical Halloween theme, but it's my favorite score of the entire trilogy. It's so good, and I thought really that, okay, yes, yes. favorite that, score. That, of the to trilogy. me, that's surprising. That's surprising to me because For sure. you know, Halloween twenty eighteen. I'm gonna have to go back and, and I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. I'm gonna have to go no, back no. and and give it another watch with that in mind because uh, I've watched it a couple times now. But I'm gonna have to keep that in mind with the score because uh, that's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah, I go back to, and watch to, it and listen yeah. to it because he puts a lot. You can like feel the emotion because of his score in these scenes. But um, it has my favorite opening sequence of the entire year. We saw it in theaters, and when that part happened, my jaw dropped, and I, you know, the whole audience pretty much gasped. I thought that, like I said earlier, people complained about Michael Myers not being in this movie, but I felt his presence throughout. And I thought if you saw Halloween Kills, his condition in this movie made sense to how that movie ended and i thought it made the fight between him and laurie more realistic because you know if it was just michael myers fighting laurie she would be taken out in a heartbeat but he's obviously severely injured um he's a dying dog pretty much in this movie but i love what they add to the mythology with when he kills he gets a little bit of his power back i thought the character of Corey was an excellent addition and the theme of this trilogy is about evil you know, this town that feeds off of Michael's evil, what what Michael did to them. And I thought the way this trilogy ended was a good commentary on how it how um, violence can impact a town like that. So, yeah, I had no complaints about Michael Myers in this movie because his presence is throughout the entire movie. And they took a swing and kudos to them. I thought this was a much better end to the character of Laurie Strode than Halloween Resurrection. They rated it wrong. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was fantastic in this movie. Um, she gave a subtle performance, but I was like in tears for her by the end of the movie. I cannot say enough good things about this movie. I Like I said, we saw it together. Once we left the theater, I loved it right away. Even when we saw Halloween 2018, I had to see it a second time before I fell in love with it. But this movie right away, I was like, wow, what a great third chapter to this story. Love it. Love this movie so much. The gore in this movie, you know, there's not as much killing as in Halloween Kills because Halloween Kills is called Halloween Kills. But when there is gore in this movie, they make it count <laughs> because there's some crazy stuff that's going on in this movie. And uh, yeah, this movie is going to be a future cult classic. Ten years from now, people will be reanalyzing it and people will say how much they love it. You know, after all the hate it got, I guarantee in 10 years, this movie will get a new uh, wave of fans. Future cult classic, much like Halloween 3 is today. Yeah, I mean, talk about a divisive final chapter to the trilogy. But uh, yeah, there you go. Number but, one for you. I, uh, I like, actually thought... Go ahead. Like I said, uh, there's 13 movies in this franchise. So if one movie is not for you, you have 12 other movies to go back on. So, you know, it was about time for them to do something a little different. And I know some people have issues. They did it 
in the final chapter of this Laurie Michaels saga, but for me, it worked. Okay. Yeah, I actually thought the strong parts of this movie had nothing to do with the Laurie or Corey's, you know, facing Laurie. I thought it was Laurie herself. Her scene with uh, Frank in the grocery store love that was so cute. Like, she got that moment that she never did in the original. The flirting and, like, right. kind of a guy hitting on her. Like, his, remember in the original, she was, like, this nerd babysitter that right. didn't want to go out anywhere. And I thought that was cool to see. I know there was a couple different alternate endings we'll get into when we cover this movie, and I'm glad they didn't. They made go. the correct decision. <laughs> I think so too. Ending. There were some wild endings that they had proposed, yeah. and I think even filmed. Right, they shot one or two, yes. like with Lori, yes. especially. I don't want to yes. like spoil it. Yeah, we, I want to talk about it more in so our that podcast. That would have changed episode. my opinion on the movie. If yeah, me too. Ending. I'm really glad they didn't. This, I mean, Lori, I mean, don't want to get into this, but Lori deserved the ending she got. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that scene of the supermarket because she almost, this is, people don't give her enough credit in these movies. She reverted back to like her teenage self, but not like over the top. You can see like trolling her hair like she did in earlier movies. Like yeah. she loves this character. And I thought that she put on a great trio of performances in this new trilogy. You know, she started out 2018, for lack of better terms, a crazy woman obsessed with Michael. And in this movie, because it takes place four years later, she's trying to deal with the trauma and she's gotten professional help and she's trying to move on. But unfortunately it's a Halloween movie. So, you know, <laughs> stuff comes back to bite her, but uh, yeah, great, great, great final chapter. I love it so much. I like it too. And it's definitely going to age better for me. I, I, the only reason it wasn't higher is because, you know, I love Michael Myers and I need, I need he's my like, favorite villain. So, right. but I can't knock the movie itself. It's still a solid movie, but I would have liked to see more Michael, but it, it's not like it didn't make sense. Like it made no, sense. But like, and like you why said earlier, wasn't in it. Like you said when you talked about it earlier, Halloween Kills was Michael's movie. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is the conclusion. You exactly. Know, if this was a one-off of right. sequel to the original, I would say, "What the fuck? Why did right. they make this?" But no, it's part of a trilogy. I have an interesting theory on what could have made this trilogy maybe more palatable for people. I want to talk about it when we get into this trilogy okay. more, but um. I think they could have worked the plot to have Corey and this movie as the middle child, as the second installment. They could have had Michael beaten okay. down from 2018 and then had kind of Halloween Kills be the final chapter, which was Michael's movie. But that's I, I want to explain that more okay. when we get into it. We should also mention that David Gordon Green directed each movie in this trilogy and talk about kudos to him. Each movie he puts a different stamp on it. It's not like like Halloween 2018 was the requel, you know. They brought it back to basics. They paid the tribute to the original. Halloween Kills was a full-on, you know, pedal-to-the-metal, gory slasher Michael Myers movie. And Halloween Ends is pretty much a character study of evil and how uh, evil doesn't die, it changes shape. And, you know, I love that you can tell that's a quality filmmaker when he wants to do something different in a slasher franchise. I mean, that doesn't happen. Yeah, and say what you want about being disappointed that it was the final movie, but to your point, I mean, the same director for all three movies, and he puts his stamp on all three movies in a different way, and I think he nailed it, too, on all three movies. He successfully directed the shit out of all of these movies, and it's it's fantastic. You know, I knew it was going to be your number one. Yeah, I thought yeah. maybe Scream, but the more I thought about it, I was like, nah, it's going to be Halloween Ends. I know he loved that movie. It left a mark on me, and like I said, Scream will be the more rewatchable movie to me, but this movie is a better made movie in my opinion. Um, I love this movie so much. So there we go, guys. Why don't we do a quick, quick recap? I'm just going to run through my top 10. Then you run through your top 10 just to give people a refresher 
it's it's nice to hear it back to back. Um, yes. I know I like to do that when I when I listen to lists. So Nolan's top ten is going to be number ten, the Black Phone. Number nine is Smile. At number eight, we have Hustle. At number seven, Halloween Ends. Number six is Prey. Number five, The Batman. Number four, Incantation. And then my top three, we have at number three, Top Gun Maverick. Number two, The Northman. And number one, Nope. Awesome. All right, my top ten. Number ten, we have Avatar The Way of Water. Number nine, Terrifier 2. Number eight, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Number seven, Watcher. Number six, Fresh. And then top five, we have The Menu at number five. Number four is Top Gun Maverick. And now getting into the top three. Number three, our first podcast episode, Smile. Number two, Scream 2022. And number one, Halloween Ends, the movie that's going to get a lot of comments as being my number one on the list, but I can't wait. I think it's really interesting, too. Like, my top two movies aren't even on any of your honorable mentions or anything. So it's, yes. it's kind of cool to see the different tastes come out. Yes. You know? And then you guys get to get it a little Especially bit. Especially with Nope, of- because we're going to cover Nope on the podcast. So it was number one for me. And you're saying, you know, it's your least favorite Jordan Peele. It's not even uh, anywhere on your list. So that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. And I can't wait till you see the menu and we can talk about the menu. Okay, great. Maybe we'll do that soon. So guys, yeah, that's our top 10 of 2022. We have a little treat for you. I know this episode is uh, fairly long, but uh, we, we, we didn't want to skimp out on everything. We have a little surprise. We're just going to go through our top most anticipated movies for the coming year, 2023. So, you know, I, I have some blockbusters on there that you've heard of, some sequels, but also there's a couple that maybe you haven't heard of that maybe you want to check out the trailer or check out what's going on when that's getting released. But, um, I broke mine down into uh, non-horror and then my top horror releases. So if you want to do it that way. Yeah, that's fine. I only okay. have a couple non-horror, so. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll start with that. Um, just the non-horror releases for 2023. Okay. I guess I'll go first. Um, do you want me to just run through it? Yeah, I think we might even have overlap on these, so. Yeah, so uh, my most anticipated uh, Creed 3. That's my one of mine, yeah. I love the first two Creed movies. Um, I'm really excited for that and, one. Uh, he's, Michael B. Jordan's actually directing this third one, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Next for me is uh, John Wick 4. What can I say? The John Wick movies are just amazing. You know this is going to be... It's one of the few uh, franchises where each movie just gets better and like expands upon the movie before it and gets more over the top, but not being too like over the top. Does that make sense with you? Yeah, I don't know how they keep coming up with these stunts because I'm amazed every time. <laughs> these kills, I'm like, how are they yeah. figuring out this way to kill people? But uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves, this is his franchise, man. Um, next for me, and again, this isn't in any particular order. I'm just running through them. Uh, it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, I grew up playing Super Mario Brothers. Nostalgia, um, nostalgia, nostalgia. The trailer, the looks awesome. I think Jack Black as Bowser is going to kill it. The casting seems fine. I know people are uh, commenting on Chris Pratt's voice. I was a little hesitant too when I first heard it, but it sounds fine. We have to see it in the context of the movie. We're we're seeing little snippets of it. Like, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I hope he has that accent. It sounds like he does in the longer trailer. He has more of that accent because I am kind of, you know, very nostalgic about those video games. So I was a little bummed to hear it was going to be Chris Pratt, but. 
that movie looks so good. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, I can't wait that. for that. My sister actually texted me. She doesn't really go to the movies often, but she said, like, you know, make sure you wait for me to see that one. So, And then I have uh, Dune Part 2. I thought uh, the first Dune re- remake was 2021 was fantastic. Like, talk about cinematography and epicness. Um, but it left on such a big cliffhanger. I'm really excited for Part 2 to happen. And um, Okay. Not me. <laughs> oh, you're not. Ex- you're not. We have okay. a trend, guys. Sci-fi is not my jam, and yeah. I thought Dune. Uh, I was expecting more from Dune. It felt like half a movie. Yeah, yeah. And I know. I get that. It was half a movie, pretty much. But yeah. we knew it was going to be. So I guess that's my only defense of it. But uh, and then finally, uh, my non-horror most. I, I said this isn't in order, but this is my most anticipated movie of the year in general. Is Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan, my favorite director of all time. He doesn't do horror, but um, again, I don't just watch horror, so can't wait for that movie. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be epic. Yeah, so my two non-horror are Oppenheimer and Creed 3, and um, I'm excited for Oppenheimer. I, I don't know if you knew this, Bob wasn't the biggest fan of Tenet, so I'm excited to get to see what he can get back on track for me. Yeah, great. No, I'm, I'm excited too. He's, he's definitely got some uh, buzz around him and he gets greenlit for the craziest stunts. And I, I know they recreated the nuclear bomb for this movie. <laughs> I don't know how they did that, it, but it's going to be, and again, another guy, no who knows how to do a, exactly. I was going to yeah. say that another guy who knows how to make a big budget movie the right way. Yeah. So, uh, I've been going first this whole time. Why don't you go first okay. for, uh, our most anticipated horror movies okay. of 2023. I actually did mine in order from like, I'm excited for all of them, but least to most, um, Okay. So the first one is Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. I'm always excited to check out his new movies. I was not the biggest fan of his, of old, so that was his newest movie before this. But I thought, other than that, his recent movies have pretty much gotten him back on track for me. So I'm excited for this one. The new trailer just came out. It looks great. I'm really excited for Evil Dead Rise, the new Evil Dead movie. That'll be coming out, I believe, in April. And apparently, it's like testing very well. It's like blood to the max. So. I'm always down for that. Um, we have Insidious coming back, Insidious 5, and Patrick Wilson, who's the star of those movies, he's actually directing this one. So that'll be good. I have The Exorcist. Talk about David Gordon Green. He's tackling another franchise, iconic franchise, with The Exorcist. So I cannot wait to see what he does with that. Um, we have Ellen Burstein, who played the mom in the original, coming back. So that'll be great. Nothing about Linda Blair, but I'm assuming they're keeping that a secret and she'll be back eventually. My number two most anticipated horror movie is Salem's Lot. This is the first, this and Jaws were my first horror experiences. So very nostalgic for me. I cannot wait for Salem's Lot. It's supposed to come out last year, but Warner Brothers is having some issues. So I think they're going to release it sometime this year. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you seen the original? Yeah, I have. I, I got to give it a rewatch. It's, it's, I yeah. watched it as a kid as well, but I really haven't gone back to it. Yeah. Okay, so I can't wait for that. And obviously, again... I'm um, like a record on repeat. My most anticipated horror movie of the year is Scream 6. Come on, guys. You know me now. <laughs> Scream takes New York City. Yes, that's going to be awesome. So I, I have some overlap. Okay. Those are those are all. I'm, I'm looking forward to all those two, especially The Exorcist. That's on my list as well, just because David Gordon Green, um, what he did with Halloween. Super right. excited for The Exorcist. I'm talking about a movie that's just, you know, stands the test of time. It's still creepy to this day, I think. So oh, I'm excited to see what they do with the new version, I guess, to bring it into the 2022s. So that's that's definitely on my list. I don't really have this in order like like Ant does. I do have my number one, but the rest of these aren't necessarily in order. I have uh, Megan, 
<laughs> that just looks <laughs> that looks like can't be fun. That comes out very soon. So that comes out very soon, and that's why I put it on there because it comes out really soon, and I'm just kind of looking forward to it now. I also have Scream Six on my list. All right. That's definitely, uh, you know, I'm a super fan, but looking forward to that. Interested to see how they leave Woodsboro and, you know. And we should also mention this supposedly is the first Scream movie without Nev Campbell. And I'm very sensitive about that. So we'll have to see how it plays out. This movie's going to take a lot of risks. Yeah. Another overlap is Knock at the Cabin. I mean, how can you not be anticipated for an M. Night Shyamalan movie? He either like completely hits it out of the park or it falls flat, but it's always interesting. <laughs> but you're always and, there opening night, no matter what. Check oh it yeah. Out. yeah. He uh, makes some interesting movies and Dave Batista. Um, I like him. He's a cool actor. Yes. And this one's rated R too. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what he does with any uh, of the violence in this movie. Yeah. Another one for me is uh cocaine bear. Talk about oh, fun yeah. rides. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a future camp classic. You're ready to tell about That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely check out the trailer if you haven't already, guys. That comes out soon. And then uh, my next one is, before my number one, is going to be The Nun 2. Okay. Uh, might be a little controversial. I know a lot of people didn't like the first Nun. I personally liked it. I thought the performances in the first Nun really carried that movie. I thought uh, they were all well done. And the third act of the first numb was like just fun. It felt like you were like going through a haunted house almost, like with all the I jump scares say, and stuff. I don't that movie like these movie the Conjuring movies are fun popcorn horror that makes you feel like you're on a ride. So I don't know yeah. how people don't have a fun time with them. So I'm excited for it. I mean, it doesn't not, it doesn't compare to the first Conjuring. No. I mean, nothing will no. in the franchise. Uh, but it's it's a fun. It's it's just fun. Um, it has it's a, a ton fun, of jump scares. But right. it's it's they're still effective. I'm not a huge fan of jump scare movies that rely too heavily on it, but it worked for this. And I think the um if the acting wasn't so uh top notch for this movie, which I was really surprised about. I thought it was gonna be just like a cheesy movie, but they took it pretty seriously. Um I, I thought it was well done. It'll be a fun amusement park ride to like kick off the Halloween season with the nun too. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what they do with the story too. It's gonna be a sequel to the first one, so be interested to see how they bring that into the you know the sequel so uh yeah my um number one anticipated movie of the year um and this might be my favorite horror franchise ever i I go back and forth between this and halloween but it's saw 10 saw 10 guys i can't wait the last installment definitely left a lot to be desired the uh you know the chris rock one yeah spiral it was all right it was okay i'm glad they didn't put the saw name to it because they just have the, the book of Saul underneath in little print. <laughs> this franchise is just insane, guys. If you think this is just, if you've never seen Saw and you think it's just gore porn, you are severely mistaken. The plot of these movies, I mean, I've gone through them. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time, and I'm still getting tripped up by them. Oh, yeah, dude, they're awesome. I can't believe we're on number 10. That's That's crazy to me. Remember when it used to be like every year was like, if it's Halloween, it must be Saw. That was such a cool tagline. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's coming out just in time for Halloween, too. Yeah, it is. they said. To me, I'm excited for this movie. It didn't make my list because nothing past Saw 3 has lived up to the original trilogy for me, but I still like them all. They're all a good time. Um, I think the biggest mistake this franchise made was killing off uh, John Kramer because they're still bringing him back, you know? So every movie has to be like a prequel, yeah. pretty much. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I get it. that. Yeah. I'm excited. All right, guys, so that's it. That's our 2022 year in review episode for the Never Split Up podcast, our favorites of the year and what we're looking forward to most next year. I know this was a long episode. Thanks for sticking around and listening. 
Again, we'd love to hear your feedback. We're not going to have a poll or anything because this was kind of a special episode. This wasn't a review episode. So no poll this week, but we're going to be back next week for the new year. I'm going to start the new year off right. Uh, We haven't picked a movie yet, but we will let you guys know on social media. Keep that a little bit of a surprise. Everyone have a safe and happy holidays. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NeverSplitUpPod. Please give us a follow. We're also uh, on Facebook. Let us know your top tens in the comments. Yep, definitely let us know. Uh, Give us a rating. Give us a review of the podcast if you haven't already. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you guys next time. Have a happy new year, guys. Any final thoughts on the year, Ant? It was a good year for movies. I can't wait to see all the horror movies next year and cover. We have endless movies to cover, so I can't wait. Happy new year, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. Take it easy.